Let's pray before we sit down. Father, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for the way that we have lifted our voices today up to you. Father, we give everything to you. And all we want to do, Father, we long to see you face to face. We long to be closer to you. And Father, thank you for blessing us the way that you do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and all of God's people said, you might be seated. Someone once said that Mother's Day is traditionally the day when children give something back to their mothers for all the spit they produced to wash dirty faces, all the old gum that they held in their hands, all the noses they wiped, and all the bloody knees they made well with their kisses. Does that ring a bell, moms? Oh, yes. This is the day that mothers are rewarded for washing sheets in the middle of the night, driving kids to school when they miss the bus, enduring all those football and soccer and baseball games in the rain. It's a day of appreciation for making your children finish something they said they couldn't do, not believing them when they said, you know, I really don't like you anymore, and sharing their good times and they're bad. Our moms are wonderful people, aren't they? And all the men should say, that's terrible, guys. Come on. We can do better than that. You just wait a month from now. Your day's coming, guys, okay? And uh, we'll have a special time for just uh, the men. But moms, see if you can relate to this. As children... We relate to our mothers differently through the years. At age four, we say, my mom can do anything. At age 12, mom doesn't know everything. At age 14, mom doesn't know anything. At age 18, mom is just totally out of step with the times. At age 25, well, my mom may know a few things. At age 35, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion on that. At age 45, I wonder what mom would say about this. And at age 65, I wish that I could talk to my mother again and ask her a few more questions. And some relate to that. If you go back to Exodus chapter 20 and you start reading the Ten Commandments, When you jump down to verse 12, you come across this one. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that's connected with a promise. And so God knew it's pretty important to honor those who gave you life. And it goes well with a promise. But as we gather here this morning, 
One of the things that I've learned through the years of ministry is this. When you come to Mother's Days and Father's Day and special holidays like that, not everybody is excited about that day. And today as we come to Mother's Day, I know that I am speaking to moms today that are very excited. I mean, things have been wonderful in your life. And on the other hand, I'm speaking to moms today, and I'll be honest with you, it was a dread for some to even wake up and come this morning because today is very, very difficult. And some are just, will land somewhere in between all of that. Well, I want you to know, my heart goes out to all of you. And in Romans chapter 12, Paul speaks some beautiful words in verse 15 when he says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. And so as we come together today as a family, I think one of the things we have to do is to be honest with each other that not everybody's rejoicing today. We rejoice in the fact that we serve an awesome God. Amen? And we have been able to worship Him today in a wonderful way. But when it comes to that special day called Mother's Day, some are here and you're just here and it's hard and so maybe some of these things that I'm about to share with you maybe some we have moms here today that are walking in the path that I'm about to describe and all of these scenarios that I give are real and as I share these I want you to know our heart goes out to all of you, no matter what season of life you may find yourself in. And so to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little kids every day, and you have the food stains on your clothes to prove that, we appreciate you. To those who experienced loss through a miscarriage or a failed adoption, we mourn with you. To those who are foster moms and mentor moms and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. But to those who have disappointment and heartache and a lot of distance with your children, we sit with you this morning. To those who have lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced struggles at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge that experience. To those who lived through driving tests and medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way that you longed for it to be. 
but just remember, God is not finished with you yet. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who will have emptier nests this upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. And if you look at our church bulletin, you begin to realize we have a lot that fall into that category. Never in my life seen so many wedding showers coming up or that we've already uh, gone through uh, as we have this year in our church family. And it just shows that the cycle and the season of life, you never know uh, where it's going to hit you. So to those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. And I guarantee you, that list could go on and on of the seasons of life that we find ourselves in, and probably somebody is here that's experienced and walking through all of those right now. And I want you to know, I love you. And I appreciate what you do and who you are. And I know you don't hear that enough. And I pray that today you hear it from your husband, your child, your family, everybody that can look at you can say thank you for all that you do to our mothers. Now I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. One of the things I love about Proverbs, it has a prologue, a beginning, and it has an epilogue, an ending. And in that prologue, I want you to see what it says. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life doing what is right and just and fair with that in mind i want you to turn over to chapter four where we continue to see these gems of wisdom pouring out in chapter four listen my sons to a father's instruction pay attention and gain understanding I give you sound learning so that you do not forsake my teaching. And there in verse 4, <clears throat> Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. And then verse 7, Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. And then I want you to flip to chapter 31. I know I skipped a lot of them. You can thank me for that later. Go to chapter 31. Goes without saying that Proverbs is all about wisdom and wise living. And so the woman of Proverbs 31 
is shown to be one who has put into practice all these wise sayings and all these wise teachings. And so the Proverbs 31 woman is shown as you look through that, that I'm going to read in just a moment, you can look at her life and you can see the joy that she has, you can see the wealth that is there, and I'm not just talking wealth monetarily, I'm talking wealth because of having a relationship with God. You can see that her life is rich because she knows God. Now, mothers, I want you to go back to when your kids were little and they would come home and they would give you all these gifts that they spent time on in school making. And they would give those to you. And you remember, you accepted those not as the perfect gift. You accepted them not as, oh, this is what I've dreamed of as a mother receiving from my child. You received those with this in mind, my child has spent time in doing something and in giving something back to me as their mother because they love me. And so in Proverbs 31, this is what you see King Lemuel doing. In many ways, he's recalling those times with his mom and he's even giving tribute to what a wonderful woman she is, not because of all the things that she did, but because of who she was. Now here's what I want you to understand before you leave here this morning. And this is to the whole crowd, not just to women. It doesn't matter exactly what you do or how much you do. What really matters is who are you living your life for? Have you sold your life out to God? Have you sold your life out to Jesus to be a follower of his? What's important is, will I follow Jesus every day of my life? Will I take up the cross? Will I deny myself? And will I follow after Jesus? Now with that in mind, Here's what King Lemuel does. He begins repeating an oracle, which is literally a burden. And he goes through this, and he begins to see, this is the burden that my mom had for me. And he recalls all the advice that she gave him when he was younger, and he begins to repeat the things that she felt that he needed to know to be a good little boy. Because that's important to a mom, right? It was her burden for him because of this. She cared the way that he lived his life. And so instead of starting there in verse 10, which is where most of us start when we turn to Proverbs 31, I want to start at the beginning. And I want to show you some of that sound advice that mom gave to King Lemuel when he was younger. And so look in verse 3. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. In other words, you be careful, son, who you date. You be careful who you marry. 
and you make sure that you're going to choose somebody that will help you grow in your relationship with God. And you'll see how that comes out in just a moment. And then verses 4 and 5. It's not for kings, O Lemuel, not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Now, I know you're thinking, we had no idea that Patrick would start a Mother's Day sermon about don't drink beer and don't do this and don't do that, right? King Lemuel's mother said to him, be careful who you date, be careful not to drink and not to consume beverages that's going to cause you to think and do things that you shouldn't do because it's going to cloud your judgment. And when it clouds your judgment, you're not going to be the person that you need to be. Pretty good advice, right? Then she goes down. Look at verse 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. You know what? She says, you're a king. And as the king, you need to be looking out for all people. And to those who are doing bad, you know what, you're, you, you, know what you need to be? You need to be that conduit. You need to be that person that's going to stand in the middle between what's good and what's bad, and you need to make sure that everyone is treated in a fair way. Again, that's pretty good advice, right? And so he recalls all of that. Now, I know what you're thinking. You know, did she spend that time by talking about don't forget to eat your fruits and vegetables and don't forget to brush your teeth three times a day and don't forget this and don't forget that? Maybe so, but I'm telling you, the things that really stood out in his mind are those things right there, and it's pretty good advice. My question is, do we listen to advice like that? King Lemuel was smart, and he chose to do that, and he recalls all these things about his mom. Do you think that he was proud to be her son? Yes. And then when you start looking down at verse 10, here's what you read. And before I start reading this, moms, I know what you're thinking. Patrick, could, couldn't you have chosen another text besides Proverbs 31? I mean, this is Wonder Woman. This is super mom, you know. I know that some of you are thinking that. I've preached on this text before, and I went back in my notes later and said, wait a long time before you preach this again so the moms might forget it, right? But then I kept coming back to this text over the last few weeks preparing for Mother's Day, and I thought, you know, we don't need to be scared of a text like this. We need to be challenged, and we need to be moved to realize this is who God is calling you to be, women. And so listen to these words. A wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. 
She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark, and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. May God bless the reading of his word. Now when you look at that text and you look at those words, they're more than sayings. That's a mom, that's a wife who lived it. I love the story of four men who were standing around one day and they were talking about their different or their favorite translations of the Bible. And one said, I like the NIV or I like the King James Version because it reminds me of all these things when I was younger and how, you know, that's the, I mean, that's just the version I was raised to read. And another one said, you know, I like the New American Standard or whatever. And then the fourth guy said, you know, I like my mom's version. To which one of the guys said, you mean to tell me your mother wrote a version of the Bible? To which he said, no, she lived it out. And I watched her every day live it. When I look at Proverbs 31, yes, you can say she was a busy woman, and she was. She was not idle. She was always doing something for her children, for her husband, for those in the community. She was always being about serving. That's wonderful. That's great. But do you see there what really stands out? It's about the strength and the dignity that she had. She was clothed with strength and dignity. 
And it goes on to say that charm and beauty can be deceptive, but what really matters is to be a woman who fears God. That's what's important. And moms, what's important at the end of the day is not to to look back and say, you know, my child excelled at this, or my child was was a great athlete, or my child did this. Those are great things to brag about. Those are great things to even be proud of. But what really matters is to sit back one day and be able to say, this is how my child, this is how my children have lived with God. This is how they are walking with God. That's what's important. Because all the other accolades that we like to give out that our world just praises, those things will come and go. But to look at your children and know that they are walking with Jesus Christ, that is beautiful. That's what's important. So she was a busy woman, yes. But more than that, what topped it all, she was a woman who feared God. Give her reward that she's earned. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. The accolades will come. But what's really important, how are you living your life? And are you striving to make a difference, not just with your children, but to all of those around you? And that's not just a question for moms. That's a question for all of us. See, what really matters, again, is not how much we do, but how well are we at following after Jesus. Have you decided in your own life to be a follower? Have you decided in your own life to sell out and to be a disciple of Jesus that's the question I want you to think about and I want you to think about that right now as we stand and as we sing